You are now listening to The Perfect Prana with Kaya Ann. What's poppin'? What's good? Hello, my friends. You're listening to The Perfect Prana show on 88.1 FM WCRX, sometimes on Apple and Spotify, where I be posting extended versions. I am very happy to be here with you guys. I'm your host, Kaya Ann. Did I mention I was happy to be here with you guys? <laughs> if you love yoga, this is the perfect place to be. If you do not love yoga, this is still the perfect place to be. I have the yoga news where I speak about what's going on in the world of yoga and controversies. Yoga Hills, where I bring on a special guest and we discuss the topic of yoga in their practice, usually a yoga teacher, and the weekly wellness challenge, where we do something every week for our own wellness. But before we get into all of that, let's center ourselves. You know the drill, or if you don't know the drill, then (laughs) here's the drill. It doesn't matter where you're at. You could be on an airplane driving in a car, on the bus, the train, going on a walk, laying in your bed, sitting on the couch. There's many options. It doesn't really matter. We can find our center. We can take this moment to go inward. So no matter where you're at, I want you to bring awareness to all of your body, wiggle your toes, What do your feet feel like? You can roll your ankles. What do your ankles feel like? You can move your kneecaps up and down. What do your knees feel like? What do your quads feel like? Your inner thighs, your hips, your tummy, your lower back, your upper back. What does your chest feel like? Your shoulders, your neck. What does your face feel like, your eyebrows, your mouth? What do the clothes feel like on your skin? What does the air feel like on your skin? And from here, lengthen your spine. If you're sitting down, you can sit up nice and tall. Ground your sit bones into your seat. If you're laying down, you could just lengthen your spine. Roll your shoulders up and back. Open up your heart. Take this moment to feel stillness. And then take a deep inhale through your nose. Right into your belly. Filling up your chest. And then exhale. Let out a nice sigh of relief. Like, (sighs) Inhale through your nose. Filling up your belly like a balloon. And then exhale, let out that nice sigh. Like, (sighs) pulling in your belly button all the way. Take a deep inhale through your nose. Let your breath travel to each part of your body that needs attention, giving it nourishment. Exhale, sigh. (sighs) Releasing all tension. Still feeling that stillness within your body. The only thing moving is your belly up and down as you inhale and exhale. You can soften your gaze or close your eyes if you aren't already. 
I am centered. Let's get right into the show. Yoga news. So I was searching the interwebs for some yoga news. And y'all, it was lame. So then I was like, what's the national day? I was thinking, well, it's Wednesday, January 31st. And tomorrow is the 1st of February, so we're starting a new month. I felt like the new month was a better national day, so I decided to go with national day for February 1st. Even though it's not that day, we could still, you know, celebrate the national days or the days that February 1st is. And it is Optimus Day. First Thursday in February is Optimus Day and I always feel like it's always a good day to be optimistic right and to have like a positive outlook right so I was like I'll choose that one and then I also saw that it was National Freedom Day February 1st 1865 Abraham Lincoln signed the amendment to outlaw slavery That's just a little history note. The genocide that has never been corrected. But, you know, I guess this is good. I'm I'm glad that things changed. Anyway, (laughs) I, I, okay, so I know you're probably thinking it's, it's National Freedom Day, okay? It's Optimistic Day. Let me tell you why I decided these days, because I was like, I feel like There's yoga poses that promote freedom and optimism. And I'm like, okay, what are some yoga poses that promote freedom, therefore optimism? Because I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand. When I feel free, I feel like optimistic about what's to come. Like I'm free for anything. Like I'm free. I'm free from whatever is plaguing me. I'm free from whatever was getting on my nerves let's just see what's next like that's how I feel when I think of freedom and I'm sure that a lot of people feel like that and have felt like that especially especially if you were just in a tough conundrum and then suddenly you're like you're free yeah that's amazing what an amazing feeling so the three poses that I feel like and this is in order by the way and I'm going to talk about each pose a little bit the first pose that I feel like promotes freedom therefore optimism wind release pose <laughs> uh, this is basically where you would lie onto your back you pull your knees in toward your chest you can just hold your knees or give yourself a nice big hug with your arms around your knees taking a deep inhale filling up your belly all the way exhaling to pull your knees in closer you can rock side to side in this posture and I mean it's good for hips and based on the name of wind release what do you think this posture does yes it is good for the digestive system releasing wind (laughs) releasing whatever gas one might be dealing with (laughs) whatever 
backup they might have with their digestive system, this posture is known to work waste through us. <laughs> so if you wanna practice this right now to relieve wind, please do that alone. But I mean, it's funny, it's called wind release. So it's kind of like, this is literally freedom right here. <laughs> you have gas built up in you and then you do this, you're, you're freeing yourself. And then also, this is a, a hip opener, a moderate hip opener. So I guess releasing tension from your hips as well. The next posture that I felt like promotes freedom, therefore optimism. Patita Tarasana, ball and triangle pose. Just imagine being scrunched up in a ball, hugging yourself. Then to go to a posture that is so open like this. Of course there's steps in between, but you get what I'm saying? This is all about the chest opening, the back bending, really lengthening out your body. Actually, my yoga teacher just taught us the other day that postures where our chest is like toward the sky, our chest is elevated, that helps to battle depression. So the, the act of opening up the chest, a chest opener, is good for depression and i could see that i mean like you wake up in the morning you stretch your arms out you really opening up your chest i feel like it's kind of like a a prepare for the day type of thing it, it just feels good to lift my chest up open it up especially when it's like i could be on my phone for so long looking down hunched over you need to be open <laughs> But no, seriously, I'm like, imagine being all closed up, then you go to a posture like this that is so freeing. I did this the other day when I was watching a YouTube video. She had us do this. Basically, we started in down dog, pressed through our palms, especially our thumbs and our index finger. Our hips are up and back into space. We inhale to lift our right leg into the air, exhale to tuck our right knee toward our left elbow really rounding our spine we placed our foot down and we opened our heart toward the sky floating our left hand into the air it, it just felt amazing i mean back bends feel amazing but this one to me a nice easy open and i it just you feel beautiful when you're doing this <laughs> when you're just so open it's just such a graceful pose but really just like freeing the front of our bodies basically really just opening up yeah 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 freedom freedom optimism you kind of feel a little strong and confident creativity is something that is associated with this pose but definitely definitely Again, the thought of like opening up more people might associate like the heart chakra with this the most. So I like how this feels. Again, I'll probably post what I'm talking about along with what I just said, because not everybody, <laughs> you might not be able to picture in your head what I'm talking about. So 
I'll post it on Instagram at consistently Kaya, consistently spelled with a K, Kaya spelled K Y A H, and I'll post like a visual for that. And the last posture that I felt like promotes freedom, therefore, optimism. Ananda Balasana, happy baby pose. And Ananda means happy or bliss in Sanskrit. Ananda and optimism, it goes together. (laughs) If you feel free, you feel happy, right? (laughs) I don't know. I associate happiness with optimism and freedom. I thought happy, so I thought this posture. But again, on this posture, you're lying on your back. Very similar, very similar to the Apanasana wind release pose (laughs) with this posture with happy baby you're lying on your back and then you can grab onto the outer edges of your feet or the inner edges of your feet or you can grab your big toes with your peace fingers bending both your arms bending both your knees some people like to rock side to side or you can really flatten your back against the floor. I mean, there's there's different ways, there's different options. This is really good for, again, hip opening. This is a squat, but lying on your back, basically. So extremely good for the hip opening. And actually doing another yoga YouTube video last night. <laughs> and I was, you know, doing something for digestion right (laughs) and she actually had us do this posture at the end which okay I'm used to doing this but I guess just not for this reason but she explained to us that when babies have gas you know normally some people will lay the baby on their back and press on to the bottom of their feet so this is basically what you're doing to yourself in this posture so I guess again another way to practice freedom is this posture right here (laughs) and be more optimistic and you know babies are happy and optimistic hopefully (laughs) I mean children are or they can be or they should be I don't know whatever anyways (laughs) this was the last posture that I was like if I wanted to promote freedom and optimism and I made that 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 the theme of my class I would include these three postures in my class intentionally um so yay to it being Black History Month and National Freedom Day and also the first is Optimistic Day which is pretty cool because it's like a new month we're optimistic so my personal yoga news what's going on with me and yoga how we doing I forgot to tell you guys in the last episode about something I was really excited and happy about and I mean it's irrelevant but I'm celebrating myself I don't care whatever anyways (laughs) I'm just gonna tell you guys literally last semester you know I was registering for classes and I had to choose an elective and 
of course I'm like you know what I want my elective to be yoga and the classes were all filled up and I had to jump through hoops I mean emailing the chair emailing my advisor emailing all the teachers and being like look I really want to get into this yoga class like what can we do and I just was meeting all dead ends luckily a spot opened up for me and I got into that yoga class this semester at Columbia College in as my elective and I couldn't be happier more yoga yeah <laughs> so I had to share the good news with you guys kind of reminds me of teacher training again I I'm glad that I'm in the space to learn more so I can just become better for everybody else yes on to the next thing I wanted to talk about two Saturdays from now February 17th I will be teaching the community class at Yoga View on North Elston so if you want to come practice yoga with me and all that jazz then it's a free class so you know if you're in the Chicago area and you're looking for something to do on Saturday two to three please 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 that would be very cool I had a yoga class today and my teacher was speaking of the path to enlightenment which I've learned a lot about but I'm gonna keep learning about and something that stood out to me was that we're constantly moving up and down the path throughout life and I mean again there's a lot to the path it's like the eight limbs of yoga like we're doing all this stuff to reach enlightenment we're doing this breath work we're doing these postures we're studying we're reading we're studying ourselves we're checking in with our moral code the things that we do to others to ourselves etc we're doing all of this stuff to reach enlightenment something that stuck out to me was that we're constantly moving on this path up and down away like you know so uh I don't know that just stuck out to me and it's just a reminder I don't know who needs to hear that progress is not linear you're gonna diverge then you're gonna come back and you know all that good, good stuff it was just a reminder that is uh that's what was kind of just on my mind just now hmm. yeah that's all I have to say for this section anyways <laughs> Yoga Hills, this week's guest, is Columbia College's own. Is Shaker Comia, George Comia, Shaker, George. He has multiple names. <laughs> and hopefully I'm saying his last name right, but he's cool. He 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 gets the deal. Columbia College's own Shaker is a 500 hour registered yoga teacher with the yoga teacher alliance and george also has 25 years of practice and training under his belt so he's very well versed he does this he's been teaching at columbia college chicago for over a decade he has some important messages so 
please listen through. I'm so glad that he gave me time and took the time to come onto my show because the struggle is real. By the way, if you're a yoga teacher, please let me know if you'd like to be a guest on my show. <laughs> but that being said, let's let's just get into the interview. Hey, George, thank you so much for coming on to my show. I'm really happy to have one of Columbia College's own teachers actually on my show. That's pretty cool. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. How about you? Thumbs up. <laughs> so I've been doing awesome. yoga all day between class, teaching this show. So <laughs> what I usually ask everybody that comes onto my show is when did they start practicing yoga and why do they still practice today? Um, I started uh, way back. <laughs> uh, I'm going to date myself now. Uh, I started back in 1988. It was my freshman year at Uni University of Arizona. And I took a class um, with some friends of mine called Hindu mysticism. And it was like, a, we all took it because we all had gone to high school together and we were like, we thought we'd do one class together that would be really fun at the end of the the, the school day. Um, and so we all took it for that reason, kind of just to have some fun. Um, and it was a philosophy class in the philosophy, philosophy department based on Hinduism and, and teaching about Hinduism. And, and yoga practice, uh, you know, is... Uh, comes out of that tradition. So we did mainly talked about the philosophy and the, you know, the understanding of the aspects of the theology behind Hinduism and, and the religion itself. But then we did, uh, we started to do some asana practice, which is a physical practice in yoga and one of the eight limbs of yoga. So I started there and I just was hooked <laughs> from that point on. Uh, my friends, um, they enjoyed it, but they, and I'm still friends with all of them, but they, they do it periodically. They're not as, as connected as I am with the practice still to this day. Why do you still practice today? Why do I still practice today? Oh, for probably so many reasons that I would take me a whole hour to, to discuss them all here with you. You know, the main ones are that it's really helped me in, you know, as the, the term yoga is a reference to connecting your mind, body, and spirit together, centering them all, right? So that's what it does for me uh, still to this day on, on a regular basis. And I am very fortunate that I get to teach this practice, this beautiful ancient practice, and I get to share it with other creatives um, like myself and help them uh, hopefully start a lifelong journey as I have. I really find it interesting that you kind of started off with the study of yoga and like the philosophy behind it versus most of us, including myself, kind of just started off, oh, just taking a yoga class here or there and just doing these postures and breathing in. So, I mean, that's like honestly such a different story. <laughs> um an unexpected one, too. <laughs> I guess my next question for you was, do you have any philosophies that you just have formed over the years? I mean, just in general for yourself or 
even from your practice? I, so, you know, that's where I started as the story I just told you, but uh, my journey has been uh, very tangential. So it's gone off on a lot of different paths, right? Uh, so I started with that class in, in studying uh, the Hindu religion and the philosophies associated with it and the practices and the rituals with that. But I started to really, you know, I've always been interested in, in philosophy and theology. And I started to learn about a practice in a, and really more philosophy than a religion. There is a, a religion associated with it, but it's called Taoism. Uh, and it's the symbol that is kind of representational of it that a lot of people know. Most everybody knows the symbol. It's called the Tai Chi. It's the yin and the yang. It, it, tai Chi means balanced energy. That symbol is representative of this pra- of this philosophy. Well, Taoism actually has a, its own style of yoga as well called Tao Yin. And now it's commonly known as yin yoga. And it, in really what we practice now in yin yoga um, is the is really a culmination of like the Taoist style called Tao Yin or Tao Yin and Hatha Yoga, which is the the Indian practice, and it's really kind of an amalgamation of both. So that so I started to to delve into that, and I was you know was doing both of these practices at the same time, and finding the connection between them, and also the diversity between them as well. But it's not as well known or practiced. Now, the other forms that uh, of, of body movement and body arts and uh, in healing movement that has, has come out of um, Taoism is, is more commonly people know Tai Chi and another one called Qigong and another practice, you know, as, and, and Gong Fu. Um, so those practices were developed by the Taoists and those are more commonly known than Dao Yin. But Dao Yin was a common practice by Taoist masters throughout through the ages. That all comes from China, whereas uh, Hinduism and the yoga we know, commonly know is comes from India. In fact, we the word yoga is a Sanskrit word, uh, which is the ancient language that um, the, what they call dead language, which is a root of many other languages. And that's the language we use when we're talking about yoga, generally speaking. I am interested in an advocate for really just seeing the connection between yoga throughout all cultures, because some type of movement or this this body form and art is it's throughout all these like indigenous ancient cultures. And uh, that's just very cool to me. And I, I honestly believe like Sometimes we fail to see the connection and we get too caught up in like one doctrine. But I am curious as to like what your yoga class is like with your philosophy embedded into it. Like, what do you teach? I really teach uh, what I teach is and and I'm also a teacher in Chicago public schools. I teach visual arts uh, and yoga and meditation. I was the the first regular day yoga teacher and meditation teacher in in Chicago public schools. And what I mean by that, there had been there usually were programs like after school programs uh, before that. But they were there was never like a full day yoga teacher at that point. And I, I fortunately had a principal um, over in Bronzeville that I was teaching in a school called Overton who 
knew that I taught this, you know, at the college level and said, Hey, our kids need this as well. So, um, let's, you know, and I have a theater background as well, a performance background. So she was like, go ahead and let's do this two days a week. And then you can do visual arts, the other three. So I, I have done that as well. So my, uh, I kind of have uh, designed my class for at Columbia is to help give the students an understanding of the full, it's hard to say full, but you know, a good range of what yoga can be. Okay. And that meaning not just Indian style yoga, but Chinese style yoga as well. And using these practices as, or creating like a toolbox of poses and practices, breathing practices, pranayama practices that can be used throughout the life to help deal with anxiety, stress, physical issues, all sorts of different challenges that people have uh, on a daily basis. For me, yoga is a means to really free oneself from or try to from, you know, like physical ailments, emotional and mental ailments also help deal with the strife that comes from just everyday life and dealing with the struggle to survive. Right. So I, I, I tried to do that and I tried to, to honor um, the origins of where this comes from. Now, a lot of times people will talk about, you know, like reappropriation of practices and things. What, what I like say to that is that we have to understand that history and culture is organic and throughout humanity, it's thrived and changed with different people adding their flavor of what they understand these practices are, you know, and it's still evolving and changing. Now, I, I, I think it's really important to understand the history uh, as much as you can, as one, much as one can, of where the origins of something and where they come from. It doesn't matter what, the, what it is, be it art or, you know, like a type of art, be it yoga or mathematics or whatever it is. Understanding where these things derive from, language and, all, you know, the cultures and the people and you know, what was happening then and in the times that these were developing and forming and changing, it helps you understand the practice in today, you know, in terms of what, what we're doing today. Now, uh, would you say like, hey, I need to do these practices like, say, the Taoist master who was sitting on the mountain three, 400 years ago. Obviously, it's going to be different, right? It's going to be a different experience. I'm an urban dweller in Chicago, and, and I'm not sitting on the top of a mountain. That being said, do I sometimes go you know, to a mountains and hike and meditate? Yeah, of course. The, the beauty of the Taoist philosophy is it's kind of like, to put it in a nutshell, and I'm really putting it in a nutshell, to go with the flow, right? So Taoists believe that you need to understand and utilize the energies that are around us on a daily basis. doesn't matter if it's an urban setting or a wilderness setting, whatever environment you're in, the energy is going to be around you, different natural energies. And utilize those to the best of your abilities is what it, 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 the teaching is in, in that um, philosophy. So I kind of try to utilize that to my for my own benefit and my own understanding of how I live my life. Try to just uh, honor these practices in the context I'm in. Thank you. I mean, that is definitely something to know is to just 
be able to go with the flow. And I mean, literally, but really figuratively, just being more flexible with the practice and with why people practice, when they practice, the poses they practice, the sequence they practice them in. Everybody's different and discovers it in different ways. So there's freedom. But as long as that, as long as we're practicing, it's like, the most important thing, like we're practicing something. What I wanted to ask you was being that your, again, your philosophy is so related to balance between forces and energies and whatnot. I remember you mentioning that. What is something that you're currently trying to balance in your life or in your practice? And do you have any specific goals or anything you're working toward right now? In my personal practice? Yeah. In your personal practice? Always, every day on a daily basis. You know, it's it's uh, managing how to deal with, uh, you know, because I have multiple jobs and I have I have other I have some rental properties and I have a lot of friends and family that all I like to spend time with and, you know, need attention. So, you know, it's just the the day-to-day kind of trying to use my yoga practice, my breathing techniques that I've learned and to just be the best person I can on a, on a daily basis, you know, to maintain my health and, and to kind of mitigate the, the the ravages of gravity on the body and the different toxins that we breathe and you know that we all come into contact with and just try to live a very like balanced life as much as i can uh i'm not i think a lot of times when people start this practice and it's funny because i'm going to kind of go off a little bit i've seen quite a drastic change in how yoga is kind of consumed in this country from when I started till now, because there's been, when I started, it was not the, it wasn't as commonly done as it is now. It was more like, you know, like there were few segments in the population who would do it. It wasn't a commonly done thing. Some people knew about it. A lot of people didn't know about it. And, you know, I started in at a time when it wasn't, common, you know, wasn't something that was a common practice for people to do. Um, There had been different kind of periods in uh, the 1900s that actually had been practiced a little bit, but not to the extent that it is now. And it's it's amazing because, and I don't want to give dates because I've forgotten the date, but one of the first places that yoga had been brought to this country, and and if I'm not mistaken, it might have been the first on a, on a b- bigger scale, the first places in the United States. Oh, I'll, I'll let you guess. Where do you think that was? I feel like it's California. Yeah, you would think that, right? Because California, it's like such a mecca over there for doing yoga, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of like celebrities do yoga and, you know, right? And that's, that's, that was, that would be a guess. That would be not an, an educated guess. Guess again. Okay, you got me. You have to tell me. <laughs> uh, you, you, maybe you can get it. Okay. Uh, somewhere that you probably know very well. Is it where we're at? Is yes, it Chicago? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Chicago. Uh, it was the World's Fair, and I can't give you the exact date, but uh, a man named Yogananda came here, was brought here 
by there was there were some groups who were kind of like uh, interested in world culture because the World's Fair was basically what that was about. It was about bringing culture from all over the world, right? And so one group was interested in the study and the practice of yoga um, because they'd heard about it. You know, the English had occupied India, and so a lot of yoga had gone over there as well, just because people you know, who traveled to India from, from England and then back. Um, and so they knew about this thing. And so they wanted to bring it to the States as well. And so a group of kind of like wealthier people, industrialists, I believe, they brought this man, Yogananda, and they brought him here uh, to the World's Fair to give some lectures about yoga. And so Chicago, <laughs> which is pretty amazing, isn't it? I, I, from my studies, and I could be wrong. I mean, I, maybe somebody can correct me, and if they do, that's great. But I'm pretty sure that that was the first place that it was really brought was here in the United States and was in Chicago to the World's Fair. The more you know, that was so interesting. Oh my, <laughs> I, I mean, I would have never get. I guess I did, but still, I was like, not California. I, I truly believe that. So we need any ounce of yoga in any ounce of culture we can get. The West and America has been in a cultural deficit. And to me, that's where all these issues with our health and with our just with our lives are coming from is just lacking culture, lacking the cultural motivation to move, to eat better, healthier foods with nutrients and seeds and herbs and just so much. So uh, and having strong social connections and we definitely need that. And I feel like yoga has really helped to bring that here. And you really put a highlight on that, just saying like, you know, they had this world's fair and they brought this movement, this meditation practice with them. And that's so amazing, and beautiful. Go Chicago. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, what I ask all my guests to do is just lead us through a quick pranayama practice. So yeah, okay. it could be Pr of your choice. So, sure. Yeah. Pranayama uh, is, uh, have you discussed it with your, um, your listeners as well? Yeah, but like repetition is the father of okay. learning. So. <laughs> so pranayama is basically is is a breathing breathing techniques in yoga in the physical practice of asana, asana yoga, and it is linked a lot with. And one thing I just want to clarify: so when you do asana practice, the yoga physical practice of yoga, a lot of times people are like, well, when are we going to do meditation? Asana practice, every pose you do, every movement you do is a meditation in and of itself. Okay, so. Um, this this is uh, so breathing is the most basic aspect of that. Um, and it's real quick thinking about think about what a body needs, a person, a human needs to survive in, in this world on Earth. Right. Maybe four weeks without food. If you're you know, if you're lucky, maybe three to maybe five days without water. Right. Without air, maybe 10 minutes. So breathing is an essential aspect of for everybody on this planet. Um, and these techniques will help you get the most utilization of of what the nourishment breath gives. Right. So let's start by just sitting wherever we're sitting and just really aligning or extending our spine up 
through the crown of the head. We're going to roll the shoulders back and move them down. And so what this is doing is it's opening the chest up to give us the most space to, to really inhale as deeply as we can. And we're going to start with a, we're going to do a technique known as ujjayi breathing or ujjayi breathing. We're going to breathe through the nose to the abdomen and then up into the chest. So for a moment, close the eyes and then start breathing through the nose. Slow and steady. And fill the abdomen first and then bring it up into the chest. And then when you are ready, exhaling from the chest to the abdomen, out the nose. Do not be afraid to let the breath make noise. This breath is known as, some people call it ocean breath. It could be, sound, sound somewhat like snoring. So breathing deeply through the nose, along the back of the throat, down into the abdomen, and then up into the chest. Exhaling from the chest to the abdomen, out the nose. Thank you so much, George, or actually Shaker. <laughs> I said so. <laughs> okay. um, no, I They're really. Both my name, so I know. <laughs> I really appreciate you being able to come on my show this evening. It was so last minute, but I'm so glad that you could do it. Thank you. And I will also put your website in the show notes. So, That'd be great. Thank yes, you. Yes, and, and ask your ask the um, the listeners to promote having yoga classes at Columbia because there have been uh, attempts to kind of uh, diminish and in, in, in the, the classes at Columbia. And we really need, as the, you know, the students need to come forward and kind of, uh, if they want it, to talk about how important it is to them or has been to them and would be to them. Um, to the administration. Most definitely. This is the college radio station. I'm in the communications program. So definitely want to communicate to everybody to keep yoga at Columbia and make sure there's enough of it. Again, we are at a cultural deficit. We need things to we promote are. movement. And there are a few classes that come from a non-Western perspective, and this is one of them. And if they if Columbia is really intent on being diverse in thought and experience, that yoga should be a main class that they're promoting and um, keeping going. No, I'm in total agreement. How do you oh. like to end your class? Oh, yeah. I, I just say um, namaste and, and many blessings. Namaste and many blessings. Thank you so much. Weekly Wellness Challenge. Last week's challenge, Ahimsa, it was all about non-violence, non-harming, and I was asking myself, how can I make this into a challenge? And I decided just to do an action, one action intentionally during the week that is the opposite of harming. So healing, nourishing, repairing something that you feel like repairs you, nourishes you, heals you, you know, you get the gist, does the opposite of harm you. 
what did I do this week? Uh, actually, the other day, and I gave myself a, a pat on my back for this, was because I had signed up for this yoga class. I thought I was going to hit it hard. I'm like, you know, I need to do something, get some fire up under my butt. I've been feeling a little sluggish, just a little, you know, whatever. So I was doing the class and it was really hard. It was a lot of movement, just very dynamic. You know, it was very challenging. And I decided halfway through the class that it was too challenging for me at that moment. You know, I feel like I was feeling bloated, feeling fatigue heavy. And I was just thought to myself, man, this does not feel good. <laughs> Normally, if I'm feeling tired and I'm doing some type of workout, I'm doing some type of movement or whatever, the first few movements might be a little stiff, but like once I get into it, get my blood pumping, I'm like, I'm chilling. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is it. I'm cool. like, I'm loving it. I did not ever feel like that. It just felt like the entire thing was, was a struggle and I was heavy. So instead, what I did, and I feel like this is something that helped repair me, was I looked up a yoga YouTube video that helps with bloating, and I did that instead. It was way more relaxed, way more calm, and it was what I needed for that time period. And yeah, I that was what I did. <laughs> And I hope you had a moment like that for yourself too, where you made a decision to do something that you felt would repair you. I, again, like I said, I'm patting myself on the back because it's easy to beat yourself up and to to just neglect yourself and like not do anything good for yourself. And then too, it's easy to like try to force too much when life is not always like that. You don't always have the energy. Energy fluctuates. Y'all get the rant. But, you know, take take care of yourself. Take it easy on yourself. And I'm learning, trying to learn still, when to challenge myself versus when to just say, no, I'm going to go with a calmer route. This week's challenge, Satya, truthfulness. I was trying again, thinking, how can I make this into a challenge? And I feel like this is going to go down the journaling route because truth, recognizing the truth is vulnerable at times. And a lot of people feel that the truth hurts. The truth is uncomfortable. Like truth is always like, uncomfortable but you know and I understand that because it can be to start being honest with ourselves or recognizing certain truths or whatever it might you might feel some type of way you might feel negative about yourself or whatever I get that so I was like how about this week we make truth comfortable one by putting it in our journal because when you write things down that only you have access to, nobody can judge you unless you're judging yourself, which that's between you and yourself. So, you know, one, putting it in the journal. 
two is I would say to write about some things that are true but more on the positive side like normally truthfulness is all about the hard truths uncomfortable truths but this week I would say let's focus on some positive truths the truth shall set you free (laughs) you know if you listen to the rest of the episode that would make sense anyways uh I was kind of thinking of like something to journal about that could promote this positive truth you know this easy truth if you wanted to a good journal prompt that I just saw when I looked it up on the internet was what's something that you have this year that you didn't have last year it could be a person a physical object an opportunity and then why are you grateful to have this person or thing in your life today you know I felt like there's some objectivity to that question because it's like you 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 didn't have it last year now you do have it you know and that's true (laughs) and having it makes me happy you know so I don't know I I like that one or it could just be like listing your favorite songs or your favorite foods or just some easy truths some easy truths things that you think are true about yourself but they're easy and so we're we're admitting comfortable truths that is the challenge this week that's kind of what i'll be doing but this week it's easy comfortable truths but you know later and on our own time we might face the harder truths <laughs> truthfulness It's the second yama for the eight limbs of yoga, so it's part of the moral code. And so far, we're being nonviolent and we are being truthful. It's time to end the show. You are listening to The Perfect Prana Show on 88.1 FM WCRX, also available on Apple and Spotify. And yes, I post extended versions. But before we go, I'd like to end with a quote, kind of about, I guess, relating to some things in this episode. Yes, I did get it off Pinterest. And yes, I did look up this guy's name. It's Norodom Sihanouk, the prime minister, a former prime minister of Cambodia. And um, yeah, I found his quote and I liked it and I felt like it applied. And I truly in my heart believe this is that time will inevitably uncover dishonesty and lies history has no place for them and that is true everything will like with time we will see the truth (laughs) we will see the good things that we sow we might also see the not so good things that we sow but you know anyways thank you guys so much for listening to the perfect prana show every saturday at 10 a.m sunday at 9 a.m Follow me on Instagram at consistently Kaya, consistently spell it with a K, Kaya spell K-Y-A-H. And if you'd like to come visit me at my community class on February 17th at Yoga View, the North Elston location. 
All right, guys, with that being said, may the light and darkness within me bow to the light and darkness within you. Namaste.